I did not know that you could move like that. <laughs> but I saw those hips moving. That's the Gene Harris and Scott Hamilton Quintet with Blues for Gene. Also including Herb Ellis on piano, Ray Brown on bass, and Harold Jones on drums. Of course, uh, Gene Harris passed away many years ago. This is in tribute to him. He was uh, great on uh, piano. And Scott Hamilton uh, did his thing on tenor sax. So it was a great combination. And uh, this was how they chose to remember him. A very good way to do that. This is Lead Stories. I'm Eutrice Lead. And uh, today we talking about your economics. Let's see how good you are at that. And what we're talking about specifically is how do you, in this time of war and impending war, how do you save a little nest egg, save money, and squirrel it away? Because tough times are uh, here. They're not just coming. They're already here. And you really need to put a pause on everything as you contemplate how you are going to get through these tough times and beyond. And the one way you do that is by having a plan. Um, it's, it need not be a big, you know, sophisticated thing with charts and all of that, but a plan just the same a methodical way that you will operate you and yours, your family, friends even, uh, you put together something that guarantees no matter what, you will have saved X number of dollars every week. And you'd be surprised how these little bits grow. If you just get yourself into the habit of saving money. Now, that's supposed to be a kind of corny piece of advice. Uh, I remember when people used to talk to me about saving. My parents would talk to me about saving. You go, come on. You know, this is time to have fun. We're not talking saving because uh, I need that money to have fun. <laughs> boy, oh boy, was that the wrong approach. So I want to talk about the small steps that would help us, keep us going, actually. And you wouldn't even feel it. It becomes a, a normal rhythm to you, saving, saving money. It would not in any way diminish your quality of life. In fact, it would improve it. And if you happen to have children, it gets them started on the right foot. It really does. There's nothing wrong, although we, we seem to think there is, 
you should talk to your children about money and saving and talk to your friends about money and saving so that they don't come to think of it as a you know a deep dark secret or the kind of topic that gets everybody groaning no it's it should you should have a healthy attitude toward it you start off by saying i deserve to take responsibility for myself and my family my loved ones and that includes me showing them by my example how in a very methodical way it's not going to hurt it's not going to make you feel denied of goodies in life but it is a responsible way and in fact it's a very adult way to safeguard yourself okay so we should be talking and thinking about making plans to live in a war economy that's just like people did during world war 2 uh as recently as that nobody took life for granted nobody believed that everything would be all right what they could do they tried to do and they did which is to get a sense of stasis as as much as you can do to get a, a sense of stability in your life and you'll be happy you'll thank yourself for setting a very good example so think as we talk today what changes you have made or are planning to make at this time in your life what plans should we be considering right now what things should we be thinking about doing as a fail safe now obviously you cannot save i mean unless you have one heck of a job you can't save all the money in one fell swoop it's a gradual thing that builds but it starts with a plan it starts with a plan and don't sell plans short plans are very good things to have because they force you into a uh, a sense of order <laughs> i know i sound really i sound really uh, dogmatic don't i but it, it it is necessary to start thinking this way especially if you have responsibility toward and for others you got to get to it and make a plan one that is achievable workable yields results okay i'll give you some of my notes here you start out by making a plan about a minimum amount of money you will save listen to the word now not spend the amount of money you plan to save each week 
that sounds reasonable. It doesn't sound threatening. It doesn't make you feel scared. It doesn't deny you a good life. Quite the opposite. And you extend this to all of the members of your family. Everybody should be thinking about how could they save a predictable amount of money every week, guaranteed. Now, it doesn't have to be $500 million, but if you think it's within reason, based on how you're living now, that you can save $10 a week, that is, you you refrain from squandering it on other things. And this $10 a week thing, that is going to be your fulfillment of your pledge to yourself. You're going to squirrel away no matter what, 10 bucks. Do you know how much money you would have extra someplace hidden by the end of the year, you would have quite a stash. And the thing is, it's not going to feel sacrificial. It's not going to hurt you. It, in fact, disciplines you into making decisions as to what is necessary and what is not necessary. You don't have to have that in order to live for another week. So start off with a little plan. It, it, it doesn't have to be you know, super ambitious, but it has to be a plan. Really important. Start modestly and come up with an amount you can manage and you can pledge to yourself that you can put this money away, guaranteed, no matter what, if it's 10 bucks, you have your $10 stashed away. Nothing interferes with those 10 bucks. You see? You wouldn't miss it. Because this $10 you normally would spend on frivolities that are not helping you, is not doing anything for you, momentary satisfaction. But when you start saving with a purpose, it is not how much you're going to save. Okay, I've got to save $5,000 every month. That's not a realistic plan. We're talking about something within reason, within reason, that you think you can manage, that no matter what, the first set of money you put your hands on when you cash your check or deposit it is your commitment to your plan. And encourage everybody in your household to have a plan. Now, it starts small, but don't laugh at it. Don't make fun of it. What you're getting yourself into is the responsibility of it.
you'd find that this bit of money you're stashing away is your own personal pledge to yourself and to those you love. And that's not a bad thing to do, is it? It's not threatening. It doesn't deny you your, you know, your your happiness in life. It's ten bucks. You can do that. Think of how many times you wished you had ten dollars. Just ten, but you don't have it. But you used to have it. But you spent it, and now you don't have it. Think of how many times that has happened to you, and you start saying, "I wish I had that ten dollars. That would have done me just right right now." So encourage every member of your household to do exactly the same, even if it is, let's say, you have young children, and it ought to be a sense of duty. Uh, you'll see coming over them when you leave it to them to fulfill their commitment, their word to themselves. If you think that a child could manage, say, a quarter a week, again, it's not the money. Okay, it's not the the actual value of the money that we're talking about here. We're talking about the discipline of making a commitment and keeping it. Eventually, it will translate into a financial obligation that you see you have to yourself. Because when you fulfill that obligation to yourself, you're helping the whole household, everybody, If everybody has that mindset, that's what you need in a household. Everybody towing this boat. Okay. So that's where you can start. Start very small, very modest, but start with the idea of establishing a commitment. This is about a commitment you're making. And everybody's making ultimately to the future and the health, the financial health of a household. Think of it as a cooperative. You would be surprised that that little bit of money can be the difference between whether you have salad this week (laughs) or you don't. You know, uh, it could mean things like that. But you have to get yourself acclimated to the notion of what it is you're doing. And it takes on a sense of purpose. And everybody can do it. Even if a child can only put five cents in the pot. Have that child adopt that as a kind of dutiful commitment. Here, I'm committing five cents. So I'm going without lollipops, but I'm meeting my commitment to myself and my family. And 
it grows from there. That small idea becomes an incredible motivation when you become an adult. Because you start off by recognizing that you're not by yourself. This is how families should grow. Even if you have just a roommate, you should put some money in the pot. Even if you think, well, you know, why make such a big deal about it? We're talking about developing a whole new consciousness. It, again, it's not the amount of money. It is the, the sense of duty to yourself, of, of obligation that you have to yourself. And it is a great thing to instill in somebody uh, so that they grow with this as a natural proclivity. They don't have to learn when they're 60 years old how to save a nickel every week. That's already ingrained in them. So start there. All right. I have some other helpful hints. You may want to jot some of them down or you may want to throw them out. <laughs> uh, watch what you wear. I know. We love clothes. This whole society is about dressing. You have to have a, a set of clothes for this, and you have to have other clothes for that. And when you're going to party, you have to wear party clothes. And when you, you're going for a walk in the park, you have to wear jogging clothes. <laughs> and all of that is not necessary. So creatively mix and match and recycle your clothing. Yes, you've seen it before because you bought it before. <laughs> and you don't have to make a statement when you're getting all sweaty and you're running or you're jogging or you're walking briskly for exercise, not to be seen, but you don't need cute clothes for that. Make a sensible decision. You have an old piece of uh, sweatpants or something like that. Who cares? Do people care about that? Let them care. For you, you want simply to have a piece of clothing that you don't have to care too much about where you sit, you know, how it looks. You want comfort and you want it cheap. Cheap is good. And you get it good and cheap when you recycle what you already have. People sometimes think that they're under an obligation to impress everybody. So if you're going jogging, you can't go jogging until you get the proper jogging suit. You have to look fly. It's so silly. It's so silly. You just want to jog. You're going to be sweaty. You want to sit out wherever you, 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 you gasping for air, wherever that is. You can sit out and you don't have to care about messing up your good clothes. 
these are the appropriate clothes, and that's what you ought to do. Get things that are already in your closet and that you can mix and match and recycle and and you come up with some new combinations. Let people say what they want to say. What do you care? You buy things only when and if you need them, if you need to buy. Don't buy anything if you don't need to buy anything. And if you're going to buy something, be absolutely sure you're getting a good deal. Don't buy because they, you know, such and such a store announces it's spring sale. Well, they can announce it. <laughs> and then do with you. You wait for the opportunity. If uh, an opportunity presents itself and merchandise is available that you'd been looking at for some time, but the price has been too high, just wait it out. Wait it out. They'll, they'll yield. They can't carry inventory but for so long. And you say, when it comes down to you know my level, I'll make a move then. But until then, no thanks. I don't need to break my neck to get this right now. Set up your own network of family and friends who are like-minded, who are savers, people who find ingenious ways to save money. And that, you find, will boost your morale, your ego, call it what you will, but it actually is uh, a way of stimulating yourself. When you are in the company of people who are very, I wouldn't say miserly, but they're very careful about how they spend money. They don't just fritter it away. They're careful how they spend it. They're careful about the value it has and what they're getting for it. And until they are convinced that this is a good buy, they will keep the money. You know, if they keep their private stash until the store or whichever uh, the institution is gets some sense in its head and declares a sale. But you don't have to go and buy just because you have the money now. You might as well buy it now. No, that doesn't make sense. Wait and see. Wait and see how the, the atmosphere is. If people have, uh, and you find this happens quite a bit, I've been noticing Macy's is radically changing its advertising program. Macy's used to spend a lot of money just putting things out there, not that uh, people necessarily want, but that Macy's wants them to buy. And they invest a lot of money in promoting the products they want people to buy. 
and and then they began to understand that people are not shopping that way anymore. First of all, they don't have all that extra money, and they're doing more targeted shopping. They're buying specifically what they need or what they're interested in getting. And they're letting everything else go for the time being until Macy's gets the message and comes with a an incredible sale you can't avoid. You take advantage of a sale like that. But until then, I'm not going to fall for Macy's uh, constant bombardment of advertising that I should have this and I should have that. I don't need it. So I'll wait until I see products that I've been interested in. And if the price is not right, even then, I'd, I'd pass it up. We have to have some uh, strong uh, temperaments here. We can't just yield. You have to behave like a great consumer, and that is you must understand for yourself the value of your money. You don't want to give money when you could hardly afford it simply because they say it's a sale. In your head, you have to be convinced that it's a sale. I know by watching certain products and so forth, I know that I'm waiting to see the price go down to X. And until the prices generally go down to X, I'm not interested. It's as if these products don't exist. But when the products look like they're heading down to X, I start paying attention because they cannot hold on to all this inventory that's not moving. They have to get it to move. And at some time or the other, they'll crack, they'll break and come to their senses. They, it does a little damage to their profit margin, but what do I care? I want value for my money. So I'll hang in, I'll hang in. Sometimes it would take a very long time before they get the message and relent, or they get the message and realize they have warehouses stacked to the rafters with merchandise that's not moving. So something has got to give, and you keep an eye on it. When it reaches a price that makes sense to you, and they still will be making a profit, you make your move. So you have to be a savvy shopper, <laughs> very miserly. Yes, miserly is good. You want to have a list of people you know in these times who you should check in with, you know, from time to time. Because they might need your assistance. They may not want to bother you or they may not want to seem too dependent or overreaching, or they may just, you know, uh, they don't want to disturb you at all. 
They don't want you to worry. But you should find a way, especially if you know people who are elderly or disabled, you kind of get a sense of where they are. How are they living? Uh, you don't need to get all in their business, as I say, all up in their business, but you do want to have a sense that their lives are well-ordered and they're doing okay. I think they will appreciate it, but you don't have to say, well, I'm checking on you because I think in the event that anything happens, I want to know. No, no, you're diplomatic about it. And you check on people or you put together your list of people who need, you think, who need to be concerned about. Okay. Most importantly, I have notes scattered all over the place. I make notes as I go. Uh, was to stay on or better below budget. You stay on or below budget. Below budget is always preferable. But no matter what is happening out there, you can't be tempted to blow your budget. You have to discipline yourself. And you stay on budget or below budget to be fiscally sound for yourself and your family. You try to consider healthier choices for you and your family. Sometimes I, I can't, I just can't look at people's shopping carts. It's loaded with a lot of stuff. Probably, you know, by the time they reach the register, it would be in the hundreds of dollars. But there's no value there. What are you eating? Things that are high sugar, high fat, high carbs, and not balanced at all. So take a look at that for yourself, for how it, how it works in your family. What are you spending your food budget on? What are you buying and bringing home so that you and your whole family can eat it or drink it. Is it good for you? Is it going to help you? Is it going to promote your health? Or is it going to give you some other kinds of problems you really don't need right now? Is your family consuming too much sugar or too many carbs? Do you have people in your family who absolutely hate anything green? <laughs> you got to work on them. Because they're compromising their own health. You don't have to be a pain in the butt, but you know what I mean. You signal to the people in your family and to yourself that there is a consciousness rising. It's not simply about how a thing tastes. 
And it tastes great because it's loaded with sugar. But you want people to start thinking more practically and more in terms of their health. So develop a way to inculcate these habits even as you go shopping. Have your children go with you and give them a little bit of leeway to get them to take whatever it is they want. And then you see what they bring you and you go, I don't think so. And here's why. And then you read the labels and you say, this is too much sugar. We can't do this. You have to rethink this. So go back and see if you could get something with a lot less sugar. Okay, I talked about creatively mixing and matching or recycling your clothing. That's very important. Uh, if you happen to be a careful uh, wearer of your clothes, it means even if you don't continue wearing them, somebody can wear them. So pass it on. Recycle it. Give somebody else the opportunity of looking great in your clothes. That would be a good way to start. So these are small things you can do to get started. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. I don't want you feeling that you're, you know, you, you're being a martyr. No, don't, don't take that attitude. Just take the attitude that you're learning a new way. You're upping your game. And you're saving money. And that's the ultimate goal. You put whatever money you save is money that eventually everybody will share. Whether it is by the better kinds of food that you're buying or you wait it out and make it a kind of game as to, did Macy's reduce this yet? No, well then we can't. We're not shopping yet. <laughs> and then when the prices go down, you have a kind of, uh, a kind of shared laugh that you outsmarted them. So those are some of them. I have a ton of ideas like that. And just one more thing before we go out, put this out there, and that is to cut down drastically on your dry cleaning bill. If you are the kind of person who runs to the dry cleaner every week, and you take clothes that you want to look nice and crisp again, learn to iron. That's that's what I would advise. If unless you you know you you wear clothes hard, um, you'd be surprised at how much your dry cleaning bill could come down if you wear your clothes nicely and you know in a thoughtful way and then you can cut your dry cleaning bill because you don't have to have everything dry cleaned just because you wore it once so there you are so uh, we're going to take this break and when we come back let's hear your ideas for getting started in a war economy how are you going to how are you going to 
get things fixed, started in that direction, and you'll be saving money. We'll talk about that right after this. You're listening to Lead Stories on PRN.FM. We're taking it a little easy today, but not so easy that we lose focus. The point of our program today is to encourage an awareness in your household and for yourself about the absolute need to get serious about saving money. However you can do it, start doing it. And pass that attitude on to those in your household as well to help them develop a discipline about money. There's nothing to be ashamed of or afraid of. It is the way that you keep money uh, that you would normally spend needlessly. Liz from New York, you're on the air. Okay, first of all, can you hear me? Yes, but you sound a little muffled, but go ahead. Okay, uh, I, I, I thank you for your, for your introductory, okay, which I've been doing for some time. Uh, and I went a little further uh, because most of these holidays are, are created by, um, uh, if not created by, used by the one percenters. I mean, like say Mother's Day, we love our mother. I'm sure we can do it other ways, you know, giving her a, a foot massage or, or talking, give, saying a poem to her over the phone if she's long distance, things of that sort. You cut out all this unnecessary uh, so-called holiday that's not really created for us. We have to, you know, we got to spend money to appreciate someone. We can just cut that out, you know, and that's what I've been doing uh, because I feel that's like that's very that. good. A, a very strong point. A very persuasive. We love our mother. I hope you listen to that. You know. Yes, thank you. Thank you for that, Liz. Home over the. Thank you very much, Ed from Los Angeles. You're on the air. Yeah, this is a tough. uh, This is a very tough subject about saving money because I took care of my wife for nine years. Um, Um. I was a caregiver to her, so I didn't work for nine years from 2010 to 2019, and she died four months before the shutdown. We were living off her trust at the time, but upon her death, the trust would go back to her surviving siblings. So um, my rent is way too too high. My I'm on a fixed income right now of survivor benefits. And my rent is way too high. It's $2,530. I shouldn't be here, but I can't afford to move. It takes money to move. And so when you say save $10, I'm thinking, how do I even get out of this situation that I'm currently in, which is so astronomical? And there are no living wage jobs in Los Angeles to pay the kind of rent I have. And so (laughs) the discouragement is, for me, it's like, because I've been under rent relief for 11 months, and now that's ended. Um, the discouragement is, you you know, you just it's tough to get out of. And the loss of a spouse of, of a 37-year relationship, the depression from that, and you've got, I can tell you, there's so many seniors right now in my boat that are suffering. We're food insecure. I'm on food stamps. I'm doing everything that I possibly can that the government is giving me um, to live, but it's impossible. You know, uh, so I say to myself, do you spend money on the rent or do you spend money on the food? And I say, I spend the money on the food 
but I have a right to be in a home, and I have a right to, to, to a living wage job, which is tough to get because you're out of the workforce for nine years. And so that's the other thing. I don't have a history um, of work. So, you know, this is a tough subject because when I say save money, there's nothing to save. There's nothing to save. It's all going well, to food. And I, I, I appreciate the situation as you have described it. I appreciate it as a major challenge. It would challenge anyone in a situation like that. And still, I will say that the challenge in turn to you is how, despite everything that's going on, how could you find a way to to squirrel away some kind of money, no matter how small, on a regular basis, as a gift to yourself and your survival. You need to be able to have some kind of money that you have set aside to take care of you. That's a very important thing to do. And without uh, trying to trivialize the enormous problems that you're talking about, and they're very real. Still, you have to place yourself as a, a number one important issue in your life. You're, you're now number one. So you have to, you, you're getting some kind of resources available to you. How will you organize these resources so that you are also taken care of. Are you able to do that? For the most part, except for the rent, and what's interestingly enough is my food stamps will kick in tomorrow, and I just happen to have in my wallet a $10 bill, <laughs> which I don't really need to spend today. <laughs> so. No, don't spend it if you don't have I think have it's to. funny that I'm listening to your program and inside my wallet is a $10 bill. So. There you go. It's a sign. It's a sign. Um, yes. You, you still, uh, what I would like you to keep for yourself is the resolve that you are worth the effort. You're worth the effort to take care of yourself. And... Despite everything that is going on, even if you get into the discipline of saving that same $10 bill every week, you stash it somewhere. At the end of a number of weeks, you will have some kind of money on your own to decide what next to do with it. It is a daunting situation that you're in. Uh, I have been through very rough times myself. And it is not easy. People don't understand um, sometimes, and they don't have to. This is the thing. They don't have to understand, but you do. You have to understand what is important in your life, and you have to make the priorities, and you have to make these decisions based on your priorities yourself. So, you know, tighten your belt a little bit and... Look at what is before you and how you can maneuver. There are places that can help you. 
and help you locate additional resources, uh, it, it is not an easy thing. It, it sounds great to just say so, but I, I know that it could be a very, very, uh, it could be a very daunting situation. I understand that. But I feel just to say that you have a good attitude and you're not scared, you're you're a realist and you will know intuitively what you have to do to survive and thrive. So my best, my very best wishes to you for just staying, staying on, hanging on until you can do better. I thank you for your words of kindness, encouragement, and they certainly have made me feel so much better. I'm, I'm really glad I called in. I thank you so much, Utrecht, from the bottom of my heart. I really do. Uh, thank you, too. Thank you. And put, put something to work and give it a shot to work. And I think you will eventually... It has to work. Just that's your mindset. It has. This has to work, <laughs> or else. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ed, for calling Thank in you. today. Tony from Orlando, you're on the air. What are your helpful hints in this time of war? Okay. Um, can you hear me, Ed? You trees? Yes. Yes, I can. Okay. Um, well, I want to thank you for all the great tips you gave. Um, you, you, you gave one of the key uh, uh, solutions to uh, surviving in this uh, turbulent times that we live in, in this uh, ultra-capitalist society. Um, but another aspect is getting your income up. Okay. The last caller, and I don't want to rag on them. I don't, you know, I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to take away... Uh, that beautiful moment you and Hannah ha- just had, but um, uh, he is an example of of what I look at. But see, I I look to others and I say, okay, what is that person doing that uh, isn't going so well? He he mentioned uh, he has a hard time paying rent. He had mentioned he was on food stamps, like many so, hundreds or millions of others. Yes, correct, correct, correct. And me, I'm a I'm an able bodied person. Now, I don't know what his personal situation is, and that's why I, I don't want to come off as being someone like uh, criticizing him, uh, but uh, so many people like him are in that position, which is why it is so important to do the things that you uh, highlighted, and also the, pre- the caller before him had called about the holidays. I, I believe in that as well as not putting too much into having to spend thousands of dollars in Christmas and getting your kids everything they want and all this nonsense. Um, but, but because there's so many, I, I remember when I was growing up as a kid, you heard the horror stories of the elderly eating dog food. Remember that? You remember, you ever heard of stories yes. like that? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, that still exists. Okay. There's homeless people in the streets. Uh, my kids, they don't throw food in the trash. Okay, my kids eat every single drop that is on their plate because we always remind them that there are children that are going hungry as we speak. And, and, and we live a very simple life in my household. Uh, we, we, uh, I have clothes that I've bought you trees decades ago. I mean, I got 
jeans that those were jeans that I wore. I've had them for over twenty. You know, I, I don't I don't buy every year the, the new the new fashion. But but uh, like I said, one of the key besides saving money is uh, generating income. If you're able and, and and willing to do so, and like I said, and I stress the able because um, I, for many years, Utrees, worked two jobs. I'm a high school dropout. I don't have a college education, Utrees. I'm a high school dropout, okay? Uh, I threw away my education at, when I was a kid. I used to be very smart in school. Uh, I, uh, I I hanged around the wrong crowd. I, I've always had I've always had bad friends. I've, my, my mother used to always yell at me about it. I've always hanged around the bad crowd. I always got in trouble as in, in my youth, but I was very smart. Now that's what kept me going in in this world because um, I, I I've been in trouble and I and I I've, I've cleared my name and all that stuff and all that. I've been through it all, you trees. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is that uh, at a very young age, I learned that because I threw away my education, I had to work twice as hard. Okay, and that means if I gotta flip burgers in, in the morning and, and deliver pizzas at night, that's what I had to do seven days a week. And, and that, and, and but that that requires an, an able-bodied person. That's why I have a bad back now. My knees are shot. Everything is shot. But every day you treat when I get up, my mission is to make some money. You know, to fight to fight the system because you you you, you can save as much as you want, but uh, you still need the money to to um, pay those bills. Because like the, the previous caller said, that rent that I feel very bad for people that have to pay rent because you are at the mercy of the landlord the landlord i just heard an article today uh rent uh what do they call that rent stabilizing or they got some yes. program in new york city where it's going to go up four percent this year and for for the one-year contract and nine percent for the two-year contract and so uh you you can't control that okay as opposed to i own my home my own home and I actually was able to refinance my my house last year and 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 lower my mortgage, and, and that's the two that's the key difference of owning a piece of property and renting. And how did I own? How did I get to buy a piece of property? Patrice, when I was when I was nineteen, I was living on my own. I slept on a couch and I worked twenty four seven. I slept on a cost retreat for years, and I stashed away money, and I was able to get a down payment for my first house. Once you go, you know, once you get a house, it's hard to go back, and because you're in control of of of, of your of, of your bills in some sense, but you have to try to get that uh, that income up. And once you do get some income, uh, open a five twenty nine plan if you have kids. Open a, a, a Roth IRA, which is a retirement account for yourself. Those accounts require zero dollars to open. Uh, uh, and you can put as little as a dollar a week into those accounts. But try to generate some sort of wealth. If you're into the thing of uh, uh, wanting to get ahead in life and, and, and move up in this, uh, uh, you know, crazy world that we live in. It's, it's, it's hard, you trees, but little by little... You know, I know. You, you I know. can do it. You can do it. You can do it, you trees. But I understand there are some folks out there that are older, 
Uh, the last we saw this in the last recession we had. You had folks that were making big money and they got laid off. Those jobs disappeared, and they just would not go back to work because they would not swallow their pride and earn half the amount that they were making previously. You have people that do that. You cannot do that. If you have to, uh, you have to do what it takes to pay these bills because the bills will eat you up alive. The interest rate alone would just swallow you up. And once you get on the system, uh, uh, you know, the government system as far as uh, uh, food stamps and all that, it's extremely hard to get off of those programs because uh, if you save any money, Patrice, it would disqualify you from, from any of those programs. It's a catch-22. Once you're on the programs, mm-hmm. It's extremely hard to get off because any incentive for you to move up in life, they will take. They will bring you. It's, it's almost like they're bringing you right back down, and that's why it's extremely hard once you become dependent on the government to get off of the program. Well, what what it points to more than anything else is that no matter what the plan is by the government, you have to have your plan. You have to have a plan. Uh, that is manageable, that is, you know, realistic, and that will get you somewhere. And and you cannot be too proud, Eutrice. I mean, whether it is to accept assistance from the government or whether it is to flip burgers at a McDonald's uh, after you lost a corporate job or what have you. As long as you're making money, I'm telling you, working uh, matter of fact, when I was younger, I was getting in a lot of trouble, and what finally got me out of trouble was working because I had no time to hang out with my friends and get into trouble. So what I was doing is I would work a full-time job, and then I would work a part-time job in the evenings all the way until 2 o'clock in the morning and get up at 8, uh, I, I believe it was like 6 o'clock. I, I used to sleep four hours a day, Idris. I used to go to sleep at 2 o'clock in the morning, get up around 6, 7 o'clock to go to work at 8. But and, what you're uh, saying with all of that is you had a plan. You I made your plan, plan. Correct. And you worked And my plan. plan was don't have too much pride. You know, don't, I, 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 I said, you know what? It, because I said I, I can't work a 40-hour work week because uh, uh, and, and and that's where it come it, we have to break out of these norms. We think of well, nine yes, to five, we forty hour work. Let's continue this but, discussion, though. I don't want to lose your points because you're making some solid points, and they're worth listening to. The advice you're giving is uh, from experience and and the hard way that you learned. Uh, this got this experience, so we ought to pay attention. So call in again tomorrow, and we'll give you some more time to just lay out what you had experienced and how you started turning things around for yourself. Thank you so much. Thank you all for calling today, and we'll continue this discussion because it is very, very important. The more I think about it, the more important it is because we we also, with this, it's not just a monetar, monetary loss. we also losing ourselves. I get that feeling. So let's talk a little bit about that tomorrow. 
Bye-bye.